Since the start of the pandemic, we've been posing your COVID-19 questions to our expert and associate professor of the Department of Microbiology, Immunology and Infectious Diseases at the University of Calgary, Dr. Craig Janney. And today is no different. If you have any questions, let us know on the text line 403-974-8255. But particularly today, the most uh, well outrageous thing you've heard that you need some clarification on today focusing on the many myths surrounding COVID-19 you can think of it as myth busting the COVID edition good morning to you Dr. Jenny good morning we had a list prepared but we've got a fresh one this morning we're going to kick off with this text for you Dr. Jenny are you ready I hope so okay (laughs) morning guys what would you say if I told you that the vaccines are only saline water we have no idea what's in them. No one is testing them. I've researched Pfizer. There's no proper list of what is in the vaccine. So where is the proof, Dr. Janney? So if you uh, go to Health Canada, they actually have the, the what we call the drug um, uh, monolith, the, 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 the insert that's in the drug. It's publicly available. Every ingredient is in there. Yes, there, there's actually a lot of saline. I mean, these are largely saline, just as you know, we were joking before. Uh, you know, beer and wine are largely saline. It's that little bit that's not saline that makes the difference. So, um, yeah, most of the injection is saline. That's what we use to deliver it. But in that, at least the Pfizer, are little droplets of fat that then contain the, the material your body needs to make the viral protein. So they work, they contain RNA, they contain what we call lipid, and they contain some adjuvant. And that is all the immune system needs to generate a memory and an immune response. So each of the drugs approved in Canada, if you go to the Health Canada website, their product sheets with every single ingredient are publicly available. You can download them, review them, and cross-reference the ingredients through any database. All right, there's one off the list. Bust, bust this myth, Dr. Janney. Taking horse dewormer pills yeah. that I got at the feed store will fight off COVID, and the medical world is hiding the truth about this drug from us. Yeah, I mean, this, this is an interesting one. And, and I will admit, I, I'm pretty disappointed that ivermectin didn't work because it, it is a, a, an available treatment. Much the same way as we... we, we found a, a bit of a response with steroids earlier, and we do now use steroids because we had early results. We went into clinical trial and tested it, and it turns out that they're protective. There was some early evidence, and this largely comes from growing cells in a Petri dish, that ivermectin can slow down viral replication, which is really the goal. If we can slow the virus mm-hmm. down, our immune system will win. So this was really encouraging results, but there's a couple problems with that. One is it was using non-human cells. So, you know, we we can treat other animals for some infections, but they don't always work in people. So the Petri dish was non-human cells, and the Petri dish needed 50 times more drug than what is safe for a human to take. So if we give a lot of drug, we can slow down viral replication, but we can't deliver that much drug to people safely. But it was encouraging. So they did launch, I, I believe the last count was about 55 human clinical trials, and about 15 have completed, including some in Canada. And when we do a proper trial where people that come to the hospital are either assigned a placebo or a control drug or ivermectin, the outcome, unfortunately, was not different between the two groups, which mm-hmm. means ivermectin did not protect anybody if they were given that when they arrived at the hospital. 
How about this one, uh, Dr. Jenny? The, vaccina- the vaccination will kill you in three to five years. I, <laughs> I have no idea where, where they would be um, getting information of that nature. Uh, we've been using this vaccine strategy in the lab now for a number of years to develop veterinary vaccines. The, 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 whor- the, the core of this was used to understand broad uh, uh, diseases that threaten food stock. And that allowed us years and years of experience with the technology, allowed us to adapt it to a human pathogen. So we know it doesn't kill people. We know it doesn't kill animals. Uh, It uses much the same strategy as our current vaccines. It just delivers the information in a different way. And, you know, our current vaccines don't kill us either. So there's absolutely no evidence out there that there is any risk whatsoever from these vaccines. Are you talking about the mRNA technology? Yeah, and and even the... the, the, the uh, AstraZeneca vaccine. So the AstraZeneca vaccine actually uses a technology we currently use to treat cancer patients, so a viral delivery. And, and we've got years and years of experience with these platforms. It's just they've now been repurposed to address the current infection. So we're, we're very confident in the safety of these platforms. And the mRNA vaccines are, in fact, cleared from your body within a matter of days, and all that's left is your immune memory. Here's another one that we've had uh, more than a few times. Why are people so worried about getting COVID? There's a 99.7% survival rate, so we shouldn't be worried, Dr. Jen. Yeah, so I, I think that, you know, so, some of these arguments uh, come from people that perhaps um, are not putting that in, in perspective. So the number sounds great. It, it really does. It sounds like a fantastic survival rate. But if you consider that there's four and a half million people in Alberta, you know, a a 1% fatality rate would just be absolutely devastating. You know, we'd be talking about 45,000 people in our community losing their lives, which is just unacceptable. So yeah, 99% sounds great for the individual, or or 99.5 or 0.6 sounds good for the individual. But, you know, on a a community scale, it really puts it in perspective. We would be losing an entire small city if we let this run through the population so that that is just you know this is a deadly infectious disease how about this one and we hear this a lot the vaccination will cause infertility in women so once again we've seen no evidence of this whatsoever and in fact the the um the medical bodies here in canada so the the canadian uh, association of obstetricians and gynecologists are recommending vaccination We've had a number of people that have either become pregnant during the clinical trials that were conducted last year in in the UK and in Europe, or have since become pregnant, and and we've not seen any evidence or any uh, indication at all that there's impact on fertility. As we know, Edmonton has mandated masks once again starting this Friday. It's potentially on the table uh, this Friday here in front of our city council. We get this one a lot. We don't need to mandate masks. Mask wearing does not prevent the spread of COVID-19. We have very good evidence that it does. We, we, we can do direct studies in, for example, the United States where counties that are next door to each other either had mask bylaws or not, and the infection rate differed by, in some cases, about tenfold. We know that when we brought in mask guidance here in Alberta, we've had impacts on uh, daily new case rates. And critically, in places where perhaps it's easier to measure, and that is masks within school systems have really reduced the number of classroom outbreaks and, and school-wide outbreaks, which is, again, pretty good evidence that wearing a mask is effective. Now, 
it's not 100% effective, and, and in reality, there is nothing that's 100% effective. But as part of a layered approach, they're absolutely a powerful tool. And really, in my opinion, they're one of the least invasive things we can do. Last question for you, Dr. Janney. Getting COVID itself provides better immunity than getting a vaccination. So th- this is a, a great question, and this is one we can go on for about a half hour on. Um, there is some evidence, at least with the Delta, that, that you do get really good immunity uh, after infection. The question is, how long does it last? And at least infections with the original strain last year in 2020 showed that it did not last as long as vaccination. We also know that when you're infected with a natural strain, it's actually less protective against the variants. So your body gets really good at the strain you were infected with, but it's not as good when that virus changes and the vaccines have actually provided really good coverage. And then the final piece is in order to get that natural immunity, you actually have to get infected and risk either death as you know the worst possible outcome, but intensive care unit admission, long haul COVID, infecting your friends, family, neighbors, those are all things that don't happen when you get the vaccine. So you might get natural immunity. It doesn't appear to last as long, not as good against variants, and to get there poses a number of risks before you have that protection. So, um, you know, there is some protection, but it is far safer to get that protection through a vaccine. Great myth busting. Dr. Jane, you just out of curiosity, quick answer. How long did you go to school for? <laughs> Too long. <laughs> uh, many years. Many, many, many. Still, honestly, in school. I mean, that's the nice thing about science is we continue to learn. We continue to read, continue to see the data and, and understand better Uh, every year that goes by, what's happening in our bodies. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Uh, So many questions answered. Thank you. You're welcome, guys. Take care. Dr. Craig Janney, and uh, he did uh, go to school as he's now an associate professor, Department Mm -hmm. of Microbiology, Immunology, and Infectious Diseases at the University of Calgary. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. And tune in to Mornings with Sue and Andy from 530 to 9 every weekday morning on 770 CHQR.